love you. Gentle folk, ladies and men, we're glad to have you here again. So please, won't you come on in and sit with us here on the couch? I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. I don't know if you yeah? can hear this. You probably can't hear it, but it's little tiny claps. Little tiny claps. Little tiny claps. <laughs> <laughs> I got an intro. <laughs> yeah. If you guys like it, we'll keep it. I am the Faceless Leon. He of no face, as so says the title. <laughs> this is a podcast about movies and TV known as Green Faces on the Couch. Thanks for joining yeah. us. So happy to have you here. Yeah, I thought of that this morning while I was painting. I was just like, oh, yeah, that would be a nice little little introduction. <laughs> I was real pleased with it. Yeah. So simple, so calm, so, so fresh, so dozer. Welcome. Sit, sit back, relax, and let us <laughs> bullshit about movies to you. Yes, yes, come on, sit on a cushy little couch, please. The cushions won't eat you. That's only in the short story I wrote. <laughs> 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 uh. Yeah, but what's not calm, what's not cushy, what's not fresh and dozer are the films we're talking today. We're talking some action-packed thrillers, baby. We're having yeah. a little genre smackdown. Genre smackdown. Bah, bah, bah. <laughs> yeah, we're pitting a, a slightly older film about four or five years ago, uh, Atomic Blonde versus a new release, Gunpowder Milkshake, Netflix original movie. How pow, pow, slurp, slurp. Slurp, slurp. And it's got uh, Karen Gillan from Doctor Who. Hello. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and uh, technically, Atomic Blonde has Toby Jones, who's also in Doctor Oh, right. Who, so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, both, both, both films hit my nerdism. But we're going to talk <laughs> Atomic Blonde first. Uh, recently, we, we have already talked about David Leitch. He is the director of Atomic yep. Blonde. Uh, I can't remember what film... We talked about just very uh, recently. Yeah, it was very recently. <laughs> yeah, it was another, it was it another was like, fighter film, wasn't it? Oh, was it Space Jam? No. No, no, he didn't do Space Jam. I can't remember what it was. But it doesn't matter. We're, he's the director of Atomic Blonde today. We we have bad memories about the films we watch. Yeah, <laughs> like, he, when, when you... When you improv for like 40 minutes about it, you kind of just like put it out of your memory. It's like, all right, yeah. we're done. <laughs> all right, we're done with that one. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, locking it up in the crate. And I'll have to look back at it later and be like, oh, I re we reviewed that film? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. That also just seems like so, so long ago, whatever it was. Because I did a tech week for a show. I'm back at it, my a day job. Which, you know, income. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just working on stuff like this uh, all day, which was pretty great, but also, you know, unsustainable until something happens. And if you guys yeah. want to help us make something happen, you can come yeah. on down to uh, patreon.com slash greenfaceless and check out the stuff there. And once a month, we do an episode that you guys suggest for us. So it's the potato pick. It's great. It's awesome. Hell yeah. And yeah, if you if you help us out, you know, if we are able to make this into a sustainable project, just think of the uh, the the increase in quality and everything that we could can bring yeah. to you if we're if we're working on this full time. Like, it'd be so much fun. It sure would. And we have a lot of ideas. We we have a lot of ideas we can flesh out on. More ideas than there is time in this, you know, 
<laughs> this this sad little life. <laughs> <laughs> you human lives, they're so short and sad. <laughs> yeah, and you know, we just don't know how long I'm gonna last. I mean, it's it's made it thirty years so far, but yeah, you're holding up pretty well. Yeah. The polymer no is gloopy. a good, uh, good. I mean, yeah, it's a like it's a little gloopy in the middle section. Uh, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure what's going on there. I don't exercise, but you know, I I really didn't know if I needed to. So yeah, you should just be able to stretch it out. I mean, like you, you'd be able to stretch. Well, out I most mean, of I your... can suck it in, and you know, you know, form it into six pack abs. But then when I relax, it Ooh. just it gloops. Yeah, it just ploof back out. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. Gorshin bodies are just droopy in the middle, no matter what we do. <laughs> <laughs> We only got like muscles in the arms and the legs. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah, like just the forearms and the calves. It's really strange. <laughs> it's really strange. It's good for holding cigarettes. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> that amazing, amazing Pinterest. Uh, so well, atomic spe- blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Back to that. It's it's written by Kurt Johnstad. Uh, he is the writer of the 300 movie with and, and the sequel, I believe, uh, Rise of oh, Empire really? or whatever it's called. Yeah, and uh, the whole the whole movie, Atomic Blonde, it's based on a graphic novel called The Coldest City by Anthony Johnston. So you know, I, I'm interested, interested in reading in it. Reading that, yeah, I, I think I would I would kind of hope that it grabs my attention a little bit better than Atomic yeah. Blonde. That's kind of a preview of what I'm going to say about the film. Uh, yeah, I, there's some really great stuff, though. Uh, I would say it's a it's a very it has some very fun action scenes, and and it's a really well thought out film. There's a lot of good ideas in it. The problem it has, and the reason why I think the book would be more interesting for me, is it's a spy film, and we all know that once a spy film starts, the Green Traveler's brain shuts off, and I don't know how to control it. It just happens. It's like once yeah. it starts up, and I hear, and you know, I, I even see like a spy trope. My brain's like, "Oh, this is a spy movie, isn't it?" And then it just starts wandering from there, and I'm, I'm not able to pay attention. But there's a, there's enough like good. Uh, neon lighting and like you know good cinematography yeah, stuff some, here that i'm still drawn in by the style yeah there's some great style in this movie so i gotta give it up to the director and cinematographer for that because they're mm-hmm. and, and oh the action scenes some of them are just amazing yeah yeah Charlize uh, theron uh she plays the atomic blonde uh lorraine she lorraine is incredible Brown. yeah she is incredible in this film like she's a great action lead yeah she is and you know i i it, we've talked about her just recently in, in the fate of the furious and we didn't necessarily like that character but i don't think she mm. did a bad job i think she did fine uh, no, i, I gotta tell you said but <laughs> yeah I, I gotta tell you i just watched f9 She's in a still, so prepare yourself. Oh, They're gonna come. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they bring Cypher back. All right. They bring Cypher back. So uh spoilers I, I, for Fast yeah, secret <laughs> secret secret review of Fast uh, of F nine. I uh, I do like her character a little more in it. So, you know, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get we'll talk about it someday. And this actually might come out after No, 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 this no, comes no. out before. This F- comes out F9 right, before, next Monday. right before. Yeah, so yeah. preview for Monday's episode. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> 
But like, but she's she's amazing here, and they do some. Uh, there's this one action scene that's mostly on uh, in a stairway. Yeah, but it's all one take. You know, it's, it's all awesome. one long shot, and it was so good. And it reminded me of uh, one of my favorite movies, Children of uh, Men. I think Children, Children of Men. Men. Yeah, that has that uh, long shot. Like, seven yeah, minutes. I can't remember the I can't remember the director of that. If it's Alphonse oh, Cuarón yeah. or or uh, Alejandro. What's his name? The guy One who of those did Revenant, right? Except for that, you didn't say his full name. Uh, I can never remember his full name. I, I can always remember <laughs> because Alphonse. I, I watched like I was introduced to both of them at the exact same time, like literally right. the ne- the ne- very next day, and I always confuse them because one's name is Alejandro. The other one's name is Alphonse, so my brain stores them in the exact same right. space because it's yeah. Al. Yeah, <laughs> so I it's get just that. like damn it. Trust oh, me, it's so I definitely hard. get that. So you're talking about for that movie, you're talking about the car scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the 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 very amazing car scene. It's so good, and it has it. it it's just it's a very gritty film too, like oh, Children yeah. of Men is. And Atomic Blonde has that grittiness. It's a very um, almost muted blue coloring throughout the whole thing, except there's a lot of hot pink neon signs yeah, and shit like that. Yeah. You know, very stylistic. But that that fight scene on the stairway is so brutal and so gritty and like bombastic i fucking love it it was a great scene uh and this story is also told in um a a non-sequential order yeah Uh, and so you start off with seeing her as a result of this fight that's uh, i i don't think that's really a spoiler because i think that no it, she, they set up that she's telling the story of what happened pretty quickly. Exactly. Yeah, uh, it's in medias res. <laughs> yeah, medias res. Yes, of course. But it, it it doesn't do it in a way that seems I don't know because it it's not like an original setup or anything. But they don't do it in a way that feels I don't know what the cheesy. word is. Cheap. Yeah, cheap. Maybe. Yeah. Because. The, st- the story is that she's reporting what happened to her superiors. It's very similar to The Usual Suspects. Yeah. Um, where you have Kevin Spacey telling the story to the, to the cop or somebody, you know, after everything is said and done. So, you get the whole story from our narrator's point of view. Right. And you're left, you know... Uh, I feel like with Usual Suspects, you have more of an, un- uh, of an unreliable narrator than here. I feel right. like Charlize Theron, I feel like what we're seeing is actually what happened. So, it's like she does feel a little more reliable even though she is a lying-ass spy. But, yeah. like, <laughs> but like, I don't know. It's just – it's a very – the story that's going on, and I honestly don't really remember what they're going after, what they're trying to get. I mean, it's it's Cold War Germany, right? Like, it's yes. – uh, they're so in Berlin? Is it, does I, it take most yes. of the place in Berlin? So, should I uh, set up the historical? Yeah, yeah, go just ahead. Just real yeah. quickly. So, after World War II, the Allies, including Russia, split Germany into sections. All of the Allies kind of had a, a little bit of a chunk, but most of the Allies' chunk merged into one country commonly called West Germany, known as the Federal Republic of Germany. and the East was under communist rule, very much controlled by Russia, and was called the German Democratic Republic. 
They also decided, and this is the dumb dumb part, I think. (laughs) (laughs) They also decided that they would take Berlin, which was situated pretty much smack dab in the middle of East Germany, and split that in its governments. Let, let, Let half of it be free commerce, free religion, whatever. So, basically... There's this giant wall around Western Berlin as to keep the East Berliners from enjoying it, I guess. <laughs> uh, so that this is kind of right also before they decide to take that wall down. And I don't know if they merged both the countries right away at this point, but eventually today, Germany is one whole country. But this is like this. This takes place like the night of the, yeah. the law falling, or the the couple of days going towards it. And that is the historical right. context of this spell. Yeah, yeah it's a very very interesting period of time. I think when we were young and in, in school, it was still very recent, so it wasn't as well taught. Yeah, um, there wasn't all you know. There wasn't many. There was like a chapter in the in the in the school textbook about right. it. I think. I don't really remember. I wasn't the, really the, in school The too most much. <laughs> important part they wanted to convey to us was the, I don't remember the exact phrasing they used for it, but uh, the United States at some point took a bunch of supplies to West Berlin because the Soviets weren't allowing supplies to come in. And it was like they, they, they flew in their airspace and parachuted supplies into the city and so you know they they wanted us to know about that because it was america good job boys yeah see i don't i don't remember that i feel like my school mainly just had like one lesson on it and it was ronald reagan saying mr gorbachev tear down that wall and then and then immediately the wall was torn down and ronald reagan was a hero that was that was my school's way of teaching yeah they were were very gung-ho about the conservative era of america yeah, they were. No comment. <laughs> but the Atomic Blonde story, uh, d- it takes place during that era, and uh, Charlize Theron is a spy for, I believe, MI6. Yes. One of the, you know, she's fighting for that group, and she is relaying the story to her... I don't know if Toby Jones is her superior, but he is a, you know, Toby, somebody yes. in the... Uh, I don't know that is her specific handler or not. But right. she does report to him. He's the one who yeah. sent her in. Yeah, and and she is also reporting to John Goodman, who is also yes. there. He is part of the uh, CIA, the yes. American spy agency the named CIAAA. Emmett. CIAAA. <laughs> and in her report, she mentions another spy that she was, uh, you know, working parallel with a CIA agent named uh, David, uh, played by James McAvoy. Yeah, and then her meeting, she, uh, um, you know, the whole movie starts off with her romantic partner or romantic interest being, who is also a spy, being shot in the head and killed, you know, spy fashion. Right. And that's kind of what spurs her into the action. Like, she's, she is, you know, sent on this mission, not because of that, but that is also why she's doing it. It's kind of her, her, another part of her motivation. And in her, in her trials, she begins a romantic relationship with i don't know if delphine was a spy but she is another yes she is a french spy 
Yeah, played by the new mummy, Sophia Butella. I don't think she's <laughs> going to be the mummy any longer, but I, I, you know, I don't really remember the mummy, but I the do new- remember her role in this. Like, she is great in this. She's yeah, a lot I of fun. think she is great in this. She's from, uh, she was born in Algeria and raised in Fran- in France. And mm-hmm. uh, I think she is pretty interesting. I can't say that I recognize her from anything else, but she does have an extensive page on IMDb. I just don't recall <laughs> if I've seen any of the things that she's in. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think this film utilizes her as well as it does like Charlize Theron or James McAvoy. Oh, sure. I do think she has like a, a, a part that could have been a little more enhanced, but what they do with her is fun. You know, she's a really, a really unique... Uh, how she how she helps her least develop is 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 interesting. Right, like, she's kind of a naive character. Like she yeah. she get she got into this line of work because she wanted some adventure, and Lorraine Char- Charlize's character uh, that kind of mirrors how just calculated she is. Right, and she it kind of like rubs on her a little bit. Like she's like okay maybe I do take this too casually or something. Like, she takes it seriously. It doesn't affect her on an emotional level, and it very much affects Delphine on an emotional level. Right, and and Delphine <clears throat> is also very, as you said, she's very excited still. She you know, she still sees it as kind of an adventure, whereas Charlize is, like, beaten up by the spy world. Like, she right. is just tired. And like, you can, yeah. you can see it. She is worn down. She's just ready to be done with this job. She is. That is kind of what the whole the whole thing is, really. Yeah, yeah. Her body language is just great, and then and then of course there's a very fun and exciting third act. I don't want to say twist, but you know, spy shit. Like it's yeah, it's, it's very convoluted. It's so convoluted, and I don't mind it. Like it's a spy movie. I'm still able to watch and enjoy. Right, but like it's not. I don't know. It, it, aside from the very awesome action scenes, and this film has some very awesome action scenes. Sure aside is. from that, I'm just not really like. I, I don't really remember this movie too much. You know, like right. I like it. I like it, yeah. but I just don't. I, I, I mean, are you ready for? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. Because it's because like I I really do like this film, and I would give it two and a half stars on a normal day. That's that's my official rating is two and a half stars. But that stairway fight scene is a half a star alone. So it, it, it right here, I will give it three stars. Like that, right. that fight scene just rocks my fucking boat. It's so amazing. I, I I appreciate that. Yeah, I was really impressed by that too. I will say there was a good uh, little chunk in the middle that I stopped paying attention. Right. And uh, I don't know if it is shameful for me to say, but I did pick up attention when Delphine and Lorraine started making out. <laughs> that, that is when I tuned back in, and I was like, "Oh, oh, okay." So they they finally are actually bringing this character back in, and, and I was like, "No, you you started paying attention because you're perf." Bad boy. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I do also. I forgot there is a criticism I do have that uh, I'm I wanted to toss in at the end here. The their music choices, they yeah. really just went for the eighties. Uh, best of playlist like the you know now 80s like it it pisses me off like if if you're gonna have a good unique soundtrack if you want your soundtrack to fit your film it's got to be like you know Edgar Wright's Baby Driver like those weren't those weren't like big epic hits 
they were big bands and like music that most people probably wouldn't put on from those bands, but they fit the action scene so fucking perfectly. It's like, it's like the action scene was like, uh, engineered, crafted around these songs. I still have not seen that movie. Oh man, we have to watch that sometime. That is a beautiful movie. But the action here, I mean, not the action, the, the, the soundtrack here. It, it literally is just like, what was popular of the 80s? Oh, 99 Luft Balloons. Yeah, we're in Germany, of course. Yeah, whoo, this is fun. Like, mm-hmm. it just seems like it's it's the low-hanging fruit of like, what what can we put in for this action scene? And it, it They're good music. Like, it's a great soundtrack, but it brings the movie down because it just seems like it's kind of just like trying to play for the hits, like trying to get its money's worth. You know what would have been an interesting thing to do is to only play hits from 89. That would have been interesting. They might they have. Done I honestly that. don't know. They could have done. Yeah, that. they could have. Or, or, or at least music from '89, or maybe yeah. even music that came out like right after the wall fell, like so that yeah. it was about the wall. That would have been an interesting choice. But anyways, yeah. I, I, I wasn't on the project, so they don't get my great ideas. <laughs> I would say, yeah, it's a spy movie, so maybe it's not my place really to judge either if it is not worth your time because I stopped paying attention. I don't think I'll return to this movie. That's what I'll say. But there was some pretty cool stuff. I think the ending is stupid. <laughs> I, 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 I really do. I, I, I mean, uh, the first, the first twist, I was like, Oh, okay, sure. And then it just kept yeah. on going. So if they, if they end it after the report, I think it's fine. I th- yeah, I thought that they already kind of told the story, but because that that ends as you said, that ends the story. But like the the twist of it, you know, to get their money's worth, to make it feel like it was a much better film, it had to go on and do a, a usual suspects, you know, yeah. furthering on. And like, I don't, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't like that bit. Although I love John Goodman in that bit. Sure, sure. I feel like we have alluded to the point where. We might have ruined it, but I, I do think it's worth watching once, especially if yeah. you like Shirley Theron. She's great in it, and uh, there's great acting. There's definitely some a, a lot of sexualization, which uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I am here sitting here and, and and preaching against it. It's not that I don't enjoy it; it's that I just feel like it's exploitative. You know what I'm saying? And yeah, so I don't know where to go with that because obviously, if the actors involved are all consenting to it, then yeah. maybe it should be fine. I well, just you think talking... that your film doesn't need it. Yeah, are, well, are you specifically talking uh, Sophia Butella, Butella and Charlie Theron? Not, not necessarily together. Not necessarily okay. them together because I didn't think that the sex scene was unnecessary. I thought it worked for the sh- the movie. Yeah, I thought that that fit her character pretty well because it helps develop her character towards right. where she needs to get to the end. Because like I thought that that worked, but that worked. But there are a lot of scenes with Charlize, a lot of scenes. Yeah, like where she's just naked in the bathtub. Right. Yeah. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, I, I agree think with the that. bathtub one could be deemed necessary. Uh, maybe yeah. not all the the angles that they used. But like the ice cube bathtub, and then her taking the ice cubes and making a drink with it—that's yeah, classic. But, like, that's like, but just listening, but listening to wires and her like underwear, like listening right, to all that. Yeah, right. I remember now. Yeah, all that stuff I kind of just like chop out and forget. 
honestly, because it's like nothing happens during those scenes, but it's just yeah. her listening to tapes. Yeah, so I, I always forget the those scenes, but yeah, you're you're right. But if you do, if you like John Wick, like I would say, this is a. I haven't seen that either, so. <laughs> yeah, it's oh man, yeah, you need to watch more action films. <laughs> I know it's not really, it's not my go-to. I like, I usually before this stuck around sci-fi fantasy and would dip into a into drama every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but what'd you uh, what'd you think of Gunpowder Milkshake? It, Another action film. Well, oh, real quick, I will just give my face, my stamp of oh, uh, right, competence right. onto Atomic Blonde. But yes, I think that we should move forward. Uh, but first, I need to take a poop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> So are we back? I think so, yeah. I think are hey. we back? I mean we can, I think we're you back. can take a minute if you want. No, we're back. We're back. Okay, hey, we're, we're back. back. <laughs> hey. Gunpowder milkshake time. Gunpowder milkshake. It's on Netflix, y'all. Just go on out there and check it out. Directed by Navit Papushado. I, I looked into his filmography. I don't think I've seen anything else by him. I would watch other things. I would too. Them. Yeah, it's written by uh, it's written by Nevot, Nevot, Nevot. Yeah, I'm gonna mess up the other writer's name too, so I'm, I'm apologizing up front. Uh, Ehud Lovsky, uh, written with uh, Nevot Papushado and Ehud Lo- Ehud Lovsky. So great job, both of you. I really fucking enjoyed Gunpowder Milkshake, uh, new release. Yeah, with Karen Gillan from Doctor Who from the Marvel Fran- uh, Cinematic Universe. She plays Nebula. Nebula. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I was like, yeah. I was like, <laughs> I was working on that name when I was coming with it. I was like, what the fuck's her name? I think it's Nebula. Yeah, she's it's the Nebula. blue android lady. Love her. She is an amazing actress, and uh, I'm so happy to see her. Uh, you know, growing in the acting world. Oh just man, so good. Amazing. Now, if we can get the reverse, if you know, you know, Doctor Who gave somebody to Marvel Cinematic Universe. If Marvel Cinematic Universe can give Doctor Who Letitia Wright, if I can get that dream, yeah. that'd be amazing. <laughs> I just want to see her as the Doctor. I think she'd be a great choice still. And the role's up for grabs, and I would love to see it go to her. But I'm pretty sure Black Panther has her locked away, really tight and yeah, and, you know, nice and so, sweet. So you know, I am excited to see what they do with that yeah. little sneak peek at what if they are doing a lot with the Black Panther stuff in that. Yeah. It's obviously, if you don't know the concept, what if it's like little alternate tales right. of the MCU. And was the new I, episode? Yeah, the new episode was what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark. Ooh, interesting. Yes. So how how exciting. Yeah, I haven't uh I, I don't know. I've been finding the the what if stories now, we're not here for what if. We're, we'll talk we're not, that later. Yeah, secret we'll review. That, that will be a review future. We're closing it down. But uh, but with Atomic Blonde, uh, Karen Gillan plays Sam, a young. Uh, she also no, she's a hitman or hit woman. Yes, she's a killer, an assassin for the firm. Who has? Uh, I don't think he's the head of the firm, but he is a big man in the firm, played by yes. uh, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> I love Nathan. Paul Giamatti, man. Just Nathan. I think we only get Nathan for his name. <laughs> oh, he's so fun. He, he's just another one of my favorite actors, so yeah. it's, it's fun to see him in this role. This movie was so much more comical than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I didn't know anything going in. I watched the trailer. 
See, I didn't. This was one of those I went in blind and I was so happy I did. Because it's like at first, it, it kind of starts off. You you have a younger version of Sam. I, I don't remember who plays young Sam. Oh, but uh, you keep on talking. I'll look. Yeah, she uh, she is in a diner. Uh, her mom shows up. Her mom's played by Lena Hetty, Amazing. Named Scarlet, uh, the character is. And you, you find out that Lena Hetty is an assassin for the firm. She's chased out because she, I think she murdered the wrong person or whatever. Is she, she's supposed to be like assassinated. Like the firm's coming to get her. I don't think it's the firm coming to get her, but somebody's coming to kill her. Right. And so she has to run away. And she, she leaves her daughter, Sam. Her, her Sam's probably like, I can't remember if she was like 16 years old. She's young. She's young. Uh, uh, young Sam was played by Freya Allen, who I thought also did a very good job for her short yeah. role. Young Sam and early movie Karen Gillan, uh, so regular Sam, their their acting is just a little kind of melancholy. It's like one note. It's it's very it's, it's very noir in the beginning. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and and I loved it. Like it drew me in, but like Definitely. it took me a while. It took me a while to be drawn in. Like it took me about fifteen to twenty minutes because of the acting. Because I was just like, I don't know if they're doing muted acting on purpose or if it's supposed to be. And then I saw the I, I started to recognize the style design of the of the set designs. And the the camera itself, you know, I started to be like, oh, this is supposed to be noir. Like, I'm getting it now. Mm-hmm. And it, it just took me a while to put on that, that you know, uh, filmographer's brain to think about it in that light. <laughs> but once I did, I was co- totally invested in having a fucking blast. Oh, like, 100%. Yeah, the, 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 the action is brutal. There is a lot of like – and it's very – it's very staged like there's so many scenes where you can where where like you'll have the camera just like tracking along you know with the action it's like a nice long shot but you can see that somebody clearly has a good hit on karen gillen but waits because it's not choreographed so it's just like he waits until she turns around and then he tries to hit and it's just like okay you can see the staged choreography at times but it does not at all detract from how fun no, the action is it is it's so, so good fun. so over the top so crazy fun and then like and then in the end you get a just a a massive army of just useless henchmen that we can just toss out a situation all going up against these like five super awesome female assassins like it is just a great time at the end when you get to that third act i am just fucking rolling with it uh, it was so fun the acting's just so good all around it, it really surprised me i mean usually that you like you feel like maybe there's somebody who's lagging behind but they they all played so well together, and it seemed like everybody was having so much fun. I absolutely am in love with this movie. I really am. And uh, did you already mention Lena Headey? Yeah, I mentioned Lena Headey, but we didn't mention the other uh, female okay. assassins. There's Michelle Yeoh, who plays Florence. You know, I really loved her. She has a lot of fun yes. scenes. Madeline, who is played by Carla Gugino. And uh, anime played by Angela Bassett. Oh, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett, for sure. God, she she is so killer in this. Did we see (laughs) Carla Gugino in... Was she... I don't know. I just felt like we watched something with her recently. But 
I think I was thinking of Rachel Weiss. I think she looks like a Rachel Weiss. Maybe not. Maybe just cut. She does. She definitely (laughs) does look like a Rachel Weiss. I don't remember her name, but it's very possible, given what we talked about earlier in this podcast, that we have talked about her very recently (laughs) and just forgotten about her. Uh, You can't forget about her here, though, because Madeline is a lot of fun. Yes, she is. All, All three of them, the ants. They call them the ants. All three of them are very fun, and they run a library together. Oh, and that library, it's so much... It's beautiful. Uh, I, I love it. It's just like, oh, you need this author, and they hand you a, you know, they hand you a book or with the title yeah. on it, and you open it up, and there's a new gun inside. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, what, what fun surprise is going to pop out of this book next? And, <laughs> and it's so ridiculous because, like, you'll find all matter of sorts and bobbins in these fucking books uh, like go check the self-help section <laughs> <laughs> you got knives you got guns you got grenades like everything's in these fucking books it's so good and like they have everything set up that it is like the perfect like if we're gonna fight we're gonna fight them on our turf kind of a situation and like that whole the, the like I think it's like the last forty five minutes takes place in that library. It feels like it might not be. It might be like a fifteen minute it, it's action a scene. Good portion of the movies in the library. It, it feels like <laughs> it's like the whole fucking thing, and everything leading up to it's a lot of fun. There's a crazy awesome action scene in a, in a bowling alley yeah. where she just wrecks four other hen- uh, assassins that she like has worked with in the past. Right, and oh my god. Those poor guys. Like, yeah. They come back later. They have another action scene where they're just like fucking wrecked on laughing gas. And yeah, because <laughs> like they got so they got this dentist uh, named Doctor Ricky, and yeah, played, played by, by uh, played by Michael Smiley. That's right. Though he's secretly like an underground doctor. Like he'll he'll yeah. patch people up and stuff, and he uses the laughing gas as a sedative for them. And for himself. <laughs> for himself as well. There's a line where he comes in and all these, these, I think there's three of them. There might have been four, but they're high as hell on the laughing yeah. gas. And he comes up to them, snatches the max, mask, and he's like, this is for medicinal purposes only. <laughs> Before he shuts it off. <laughs> Oh man! It's, uh, just everything yeah. about this movie, just the humor surprised me so much, man. Yeah, I, I was not expecting it at all. And it's and Karen Gillan, surprisingly, even though she is like very, like she never. I don't know if she even smiles throughout this whole film. Yeah, like, I don't know if there's her ever character seen. is very stoic. <laughs> yeah, very, very just calm. Well, not calm, but like just you know. There's no like happiness in her, and yet she delivers some great fucking humor with how she what, so like good. And, and they throw they throw so many surprising things at like at her character that she always has to find like a new and like genius way around another obstacle. And it's oh man, watching her work is just it's a lot of fun. There's some crazy things she has to do to survive in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, the the main story is. Uh, I don't want to give away how she gets to this moment, but she becomes basically the caretaker of this young girl named uh, named Emily. I think it's yes. Emily that she's Emily. trying to protect. Named played by Chloe Coleman. Yeah, very great too. Very like she's good. yeah, and and she's a young actor. Like again, if you're gonna pull off good acting from a young actor, you got a good director. So great job, yes. Navot Papashata. Uh, yeah, I she's 
eight and three quarters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure she is. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how old Chloe is, but Emily is. I'm pretty sure Chloe quarters. Coleman, like she I feel like she's in her like teens easily. Well, yeah, Whatever also they probably filmed this a couple years ago, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she does a great job, and and she has a lot of good moments with everybody. You know, morally gray area after a while. Why she's still involved in every situation, but it's it's fine. Oh yeah, she's caught up in a bunch of assassins and hitmen. She's she's in the middle of a battle she should not be in. But I do like how she kind of reins Sam back, though. Yeah, yeah, because Sam is is vicious to to say the least. (laughs) Uh, like she never does anything that she hasn't been told to do or isn't doing to defend herself. Right. She does have a certain code. Like she does go outside of that if in extraneous circumstances. And that's what gets her into trouble in this particular film. But, you know, she brings Emily to the ants and it's just all so good. And they take such good care of Emily. While also kicking <laughs> some ass. It kicking is ass. so good. And I really don't know what else to say about it. I mean, I, I really want to talk a lot more about it, but like, I want people to just go watch it. And yeah, exactly. Uh, it base. It's one of those films where, you know, it, you have so many crazy, awesome action sets, just like atomic blonde. And like, it, it, it's just, it's another, it's another John wick. I don't want to say derivative because this feels like a very original film, but oh, it, it yeah. is a John Wick styled kind of story where you have all these hitchmen fighting each other. But this is much far funnier than John Wick. There's not a lot of oh, there's okay. humor in John Wick, but that's not that's not the point of watching a John Wick film. Here, the humor just kind of slaps you and goes with the action, and it's just like I'm having it's so much so... fun. I'm laughing my ass off. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I don't want to talk too much. I do want to point uh, not point out. I do want to call attention to the villain. Played it, it kind of villain, I guess. Played by Ralph Ennis. Yes, he does a great job. Yeah, or sorry, Ralph Ennis. As always. Yeah, it, we we talked about him recently and the Green Knight, yeah. which currently is still my favorite movie of the year. But man, Gunpowder Milkshake is making me question my top yeah, five. Like it, it's 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 close, man. It's I, close. It's so good. It was so good. Uh, I honestly, I would probably rank it pretty close to Green Knight. Because right. I I did love that movie, but I was yeah. not super satisfied with the ending. This, That's fair. This, I felt, was all just super well packaged. But I do like and appreciate the effort that has to go into an artsy film like The Green Knight. So, right. not that this didn't take <laughs> equal amount of effort setting up all those choreographed scenes. And landing Not that it's also artsy as right. fuck. Yeah, and artsy as fuck. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's easily. I, I give it. Uh, I give it three and a half stars because again, I, we don't want to talk too much because it's it's one of those films we definitely recommend you go out and watch, especially if you already have Netflix and you're not doing anything. Right. Like it's 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 I think a two hour movie. Like it's not that long. It's maybe an hour yeah, and fifty I think minutes it's even. An hour and fifty four minutes, if I remember there we correctly. Go. Nice. It's it's right in the middle. And it's 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 an easy, fun, and hilarious breeze. Like you just gotta have a, a, a very fun time. And like it, and it's got you know, it's it's kind of got like its own little hilarious feminist message too. So it's Yeah. It's just yeah. 
and like not to everything d- to demean the the message it, no. it because it has have a, a pretty strong feminist message but it it is also hilarious <laughs> yeah yeah how they how they how they point poke fun at it is is yes. just great and it, you know it's it's one of those films where it's you know, a lot of people are. If you if you shit on the new Ghostbusters, it's like, oh, you're you're a sexist, and it's just like, no, that's just a bad movie. It was. A, I didn't even have to watch it to know it was a bad movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, no, that's not how I usually take things, but that the trailer alone, man, really turned yeah. me off of it. Why? Why would I want yeah. to see it? And it, and it, it's like it has nothing to do with the the lead actors. They did a good job. It's just bad script. Feels like the producers had their hands all in that shit. This one feels like it's all creator. You know, Netflix is just like, hey, Nava, go to fucking town. And yeah. he did. Or she did. He, <laughs> I, well, at, at least their picture looks like a he. They did great. Okay. They uh, did great. I'm going to go ahead and jump into my closing statement since you kind of did yours. I liked it so much. Definitely face and a half. I. I've been wanting to watch this for a long time, but I did not know that it was going to hit me so good. It was, it really did. I will watch this again, and if not again and again. And just another reason why I tell people, uh, like, I think one trailer is good. If you watch one trailer, that's fine. But it's a reason not to watch trailers because, again, I went in blind. Right. And I think, and I think, in doing so, with no expectations at all, I was just like, I'm just gonna sit down and watch this film. It blew me the fuck away. It was yeah. so much fun. I feel like if I might have had expectations, I might have been in there like, all right, when's this gonna happen, or what's you know, shit that I've seen in the trailer is gonna be hanging over my head. I wouldn't have had as much fun as I did. Yeah. When, and I was just watching this, and it's like with no idea of what was gonna happen. Some of the shit that they threw at uh, Karen Gillan's character. I just wasn't expecting them to do in an action film. So I'm just like, yeah, this is crazy awesome. We're sure we're going to have a fight scene like this. Yeah, I, I got to say, uh, nobody told me about this movie. I just saw it on, on Netflix. I don't know why yeah. people aren't talking about this movie. People need to see this. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's, people it's need awesome. to talk about this film. Yeah, 100% agree. It easily wins the genre Smackdown. 100%. Like, no, no Great contest, job. and I think that it was honestly a good pair too. Even though this one had a lot more comical evident, uh, elements, and if I could give, and I guess I could, I mean it's our show. If I had a reward in my hand for best comedy of the year, I'd give it to this. Uh, a reward <laughs> in my head for hand for the best action in the of the year. I'll have to hold back because there's still a couple of Marvel things. <laughs> right, right. But, it, it 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 was awesome. Yeah, all around like as you said, surprise people aren't talking about this. Like I immediately went to work and was just like told the the people I, that I knew watched action films. I'm like, you should probably go check this film out. It's on Netflix. It's a lot of yeah. fun. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Just whoop, and then you know, just add the little caveat. <laughs> and it's just like uh, just so you know, uh, it it does start off as a a, a neo noir. So right. like. And let that work its way into you for a, yeah. little, a few seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it, it and it shifts so quick. Like yeah. they so okay. So at the very beginning, at the very beginning, there's these three characters. I think it's three. Maybe it's four. But they're wearing monster masks, and they're set up to be the big bad 
And, it, and then they do something right after that that I was like, this could have been the end of the movie. What's going to happen in this movie? Right? We still got an hour left. Yeah. Well, well crafted. Uh, thank you. Thank you, filmmakers. Thank you, everybody involved. Go check this film out, everybody. And uh, I think that's uh, it's been our show. That's been, uh, that's been that's us here on show. the couch. I am the Green Traveler from Gorsh. And I am the face of Sleon. Safe travels. And good night. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you like the show, please show your support by rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. Like, follow, subscribe, wherever you might listen. We also now have a Patreon account. If you feel so inclined to support us in a financial manner, please become a patron by visiting patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. You can also find more information about us on our Facebook account or on the FictionWorks19 Instagram account. Thank you so much for listening.